we left off with Gabriella talking with one patient by the name of Theo Breton. She was trying to get information out of him, she was trying to help him out, try and make him... How would you describe what she's doing? She's just trying to, like, establish a little bit of rapport before she, like, starts to dig into what actually happened. But now that it's involving stuff that is showing up in her nightmares, she's more than a little starting to get rattled. But obviously there's, like, dice rolls for how rattled and everything. But she's not enjoying this. This is very much like a... This is getting a little weird. Not enough to make you roll sanity just yet, but... Oh, boy. I don't like that just yet, but go on. Mm. We also have Victoria and Deckard having met for the second time, supposedly. I'm sad. Victoria is not impressed, but Deckard has no idea who she is, because she's just like, I'm not telling you my name. Oh, this is going to be bad when... Oh, poor Deckard. Indeed, poor Deckard. (laughs) So, some time has passed. When we left Gabriella, she was getting to a point with Theo that he was starting to break this calm state that he was in. He began shaking on the bars on the little cell that he's in and kept repeating the name Basidunger, Basidunger, Basidunger over and over again. And the doctors came in and asked for Gabriella to just go ahead and head out for a time. Yeah. And they'll come and get her once he's kind of settled down or they'll call you. Yeah, I'm not saying no to that. You see one of them come in with a syringe, and as the doors close, you hear uh, just a lot of chaos coming from in there. Ooh. For Deckard and Victoria, both of you are still at the library. Deckard, you're not necessarily allowed to go back in, at least to the special collections. I don't, You don't know if the rest of the library has been alerted to your drunken and disorderly. Once Deckard's gone, Victoria's going back to where she was and getting back to what she was doing. Deckard's trying to behave himself now. The assistant comes over to you, Victoria. She's like, I'm so sorry about that. I I had to step out and use the bathroom for a second, and that happens. It's not your fault. Don't worry about it. Four books? Absolutely destroyed, and I can't imagine. Did your notes get smashed at all? Did my notes, or was it just, like, the page I was copying? It was the page you were copying, but other than that, it didn't go anywhere else. My notes are alright, but I was trying to copy something, and got ruined. Got half a mind to give that man a piece of my mind, but I would rather not approach him. He smells terrible. (laughs) I know, right? Unfortunately, I can't keep him out of the library for a day. The managing librarian right now says that we have to let him in because his patron has paid us a hefty sum. I wonder if his patron knows what kind of person he is. Fortunately, we'll never know that answer. But, anyways, um, are you going to be okay if I let him in? Or would you prefer me to tell him to go take a shower first? I mean, I'd prefer him to take a shower first, honestly. I think we'd both prefer that. Do you want to use me as a scapegoat for telling him that go for it so you don't get in trouble I'll tell him to take a shower and take a hike for a while and if you would like to you can finish up your research or I know you do like to stay here for extended periods in the night time I can leave you the key again if you'd like 
I might get the key from you later. Depends on the, how the rest of my research goes. Thank you. Alright. Because it's, it's like early in the day, right? Or like afternoon? It's in the afternoon. Okay, so it's not getting like late enough to where she would want to get the key. So she'll talk to her if she wants the key later. Yeah. And all the librarians love you. They trust you with the key. She's probably like occasionally will like help watch the desk sometimes. Yeah. You have that weird trust with them and they're just like, she seems like an honest person. The moment of like, yeah, she gets it. She understands what we're going through. So the assistant leaves you, Victoria, and she comes out and she sees uh, Deckard. Well, before you're allowed to come back in, and yes, you will be allowed to enter again, you need to take a shower, and we're going to have to make sure that you do not have any alcohol, food, or any items on you that could damage our collection. So I'm going to ask you to just head down the street a little bit to the gym, if you could just take a quick shower. I don't care if your clothes smell like it, but I do care if your breath smells like it, because you'll be breathing on these books. Deckard stands up, and he's been slouching and crouching down a lot, so much to where his true massive bulk has not been insane, but now he's sobered up a bit. He stands up, and Deckard is a big man. He's like 6'5". He stands. He puts a cigarette in his mouth. He's not lighting it. He crouches down a little bit, straight to the librarian's face. There's a flash of intense rage for a minute. And then he just goes, Use your words carefully next time. Felt a little insulting. You don't realize who you're in the presence of. I'm not some kind of homeless bum. And Deck goes, I will go to my hotel room and shower. I have a hotel room. I feel like if Victoria sees this, she's just kind of like staring at him incredulously through the glass oh, door. The audacity of like, I will have the moral high ground here, you know, after all of the what you just saw me do. <laughs> it's slow, and Decker just slowly backs away. Oh, that's so funny. The second he turns around, Victoria is throwing a rude gesture in his direction, but only actually. She so might wait funny. till it turns around. Has so funny. Deckard backs away. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Lazarus, if I thought that you were a homeless bum. It's just that actions do speak louder than words sometimes, and your actions did purvey the idea that you were indeed just a drunk in our library, and that your donor was only playing a trick on our esteemed establishment. I do not care if you have a hotel, or a trash can to live in. If you damage our books again, I will get the police involved. Thank you very much, and good day. And she walks back inside. She will walk back to find there's like a little carefully wrapped like chocolate candy on her desk by Victoria for later. She looks at you and thanks you. <laughs> so Deckard is going to head to his hotel room. But along the way, Deckard wants to note, is there any... Like, rivers are running water nearby. Well, let us pull up a map of old Oxford. And Deckard is going to make a note. Don't trust the librarians. They might be working with her. 
Yes, the Thames River does run near the college. Fantastic. College listed as potential battle position. A dead I'm can't sorry. cross under the running water. The idea of Lazarus like, yeah, I'm gonna take the fight to the vampire. And the vampire who, mind you, force choked you an hour ago. And doesn't mind doors. Like, Darth Vader force choked you to your face. Oh, this is my, this is Decker's response right now to this. I love Decker so anyone, much. So Decker is just, <laughs> you may have kooky powers, but I have science. I'm going to blow that bitch up. I love Decker so much. Already. The audacity. Gabriella, it hits you that maybe bats mean something people keep saying bats maybe it's something that's coming up on like radio shows that people are listening to maybe people are now seeing bats would you like to go to the library and try and investigate that a little further absolutely i'm also going to look through my own text for like the jungian sort of like meaning of bats okay yeah so (laughs) so that's gonna be a thing i do while because like that's gabriella's like whole thing Mm mm-hmm But I am going to go to the library to do some research. You go in and uh, you see the librarian looks a little frustrated. And you see a researcher there studying in the special collections, at least. You see a couple other students there studying as well in the general um, archives and everything. I'd like access to some of your local records. And I got his file, right? I, I got... Yes, you have gotten his file at this point. Okay. Where does it say he saw the bats? He saw the bats in London. Kind of around Bakerview Street. Yeah, I'd like to look at your um, newspaper records, uh, any kind of records. It's going to be strange, and I'll probably be here a while, but I'm looking for animal sightings? Oh, um, it's perfectly fine if you're here at this university, after all. But animal sightings... Yeah. Those would be probably in our public records, although they might be a little bit more difficult to find. Um, if you need any help, just let any of our assistants know. Uh, of course. And she takes out her own books that she like carries on her person anyway. And I'm at it's Oxford, so she probably just walked. Before she goes and like sets up to do research, she just kind of refreshes her memory on what bats might mean. So. This is a me thing, but you can have me roll for it, because I looked it up myself before session. Go ahead and roll psychology, but I'm absolutely interested in knowing what bats actually mean. Success. Uh, So from a Jungian perspective, this is for dream therapy, which it's all in the air, really. But from a Jungian perspective, animals in dreams usually connect to, like, the person's more instinctive side, which kind of makes sense given what he's kind of discussed with, like, the whole eating but not really, like, hunger like a lot of drives and intuition and stuff and anger responses. So this is all lining up so far. And then bats, she kind of looks through the reference material and sees that they're connected with death, caves, the underworld, and sacrifice. That lines up really well. Yeah, but there's also like, you know, culturally, that's just sometimes what bats represent. Different cultures have different propensities for what bats mean. So like in Native American rituals, bats might be like rebirth and from more East Asian 
traditions, bats are usually a positive symbol. So looking through, Gabriel is like kind of like, okay, so this is tracking a lot. And if I'm starting to dream of bats and whatever the Spicidiogre thing is, I, I should probably look him up. Him? It? Whatever it is. I don't want to, but if it'll help my client, it'd probably be very important to. First, I'm going to look up local records around that time that he said he saw the bats newspapers and get a stack of those and then I'll stop by one of the researchers nothing as of recent as the press is still getting information about these very recent events they don't have any recordings in yet but one of the assistants does remember seeing something in one of the Oxford local newspapers about strange bat sightings hmm. she pulls it out and hands it to you okay yeah i got i kind of check through what does the newspaper article say uh, the newspaper article dictates that a man claims that he saw giant bats hauling off his cattle oh interesting police say that his cattle were stolen by another farmer oh hmm cattle were not found. It is said that they went to market. Oh. Does the name look familiar? No, you do not see Trevor's name, nor any other name that you see that looks familiar. Uh, his name is Maxwell Bryant. Okay, Maxwell Bryant. Interesting. Pin that name for later. If that's the most recent thing, then that might be a lead. If he's got similar sort of bat-related sightings... I also, you know, now that I'm here, Maxwell Bryant, you said? Yeah. I check and see if there's an obituary or anything of him. There is. Ah, okay, he is dead. He has been dead for two years. Okay, does it mention any details about his death? There was a little bit of unsuredness about his cause of death. Police have ruled it as uh, himself. Oh, okay. Is he survived by anybody? He is survived by his wife, who now lives in America, and you find that she took the children as well. The farm has been in disrepair and hasn't been resold. Okay, well, and that's around here in Oxford, right? Yes, it is. So Maxwell Bryant's creepy farmhouse? Sounds like a Halloween attraction. Yeah, that sounds like a Scooby-Doo location if ever there was one. Yeah. And then after that, I, I ask for any reference. I go to buy the researchers and ask for any reference to a Basidiogre. I pray I'm not bye-bye manning an innocent librarian by having them say it and think it. You don't... Not to an innocent librarian, but um, Victoria, you would be an earshot of this. Roll me a sanity check. Oh, no. Alrighty, then. Thanks, friend. Yeah, not to diminish the threat of Bissity Ogre by comparing Bissity Ogre to a Bye Bye Man. A thing from a movie that I think only me and four other people saw. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen the reviews of said Bye Bye Man. Honestly, those can be pretty telling on their own. It The Bye Bye Man is a mimetic virus that kills you in really stupid ways. And it's not well explained, so it's kind of the idea of a mimetic virus without any of the fun that goes along with it. Oh. 
So yeah, it's it's a deeply disappointing film. Uh, so Pisidiogra, I can only imagine, will be leagues above that in terms of really messing my whole day up. I hope he will be. Definitely does catch Victoria's attention, and I <laughs> failed that check. Uh-oh. Yeah. Go ahead and roll me the D8. D8. Oh, no. Ow. I gave, oh. you, a bad, I gave you a bad brain time. Okay, that was only two. Okay. The two... You jump at this and you just look at her, just, what? Yeah, there's definitely a soft clattering as one of the researchers sitting in the special collections room knocks her notebook off the table. Oh, damn it. Hope they got the floor clean. Sorry about that. And I walk over and I help pick up the things. Thank you for that. Didn't mean to startle you. I, I don't, I don't believe so. My name is Victoria. Name is uh, Gabriella. Nice to meet you. She like holds out her hand. Gabriella slowly reaches out a hand, not very used to general niceties, and just shakes it. Sorry, is that name just caught me off guard there? Oh, happens to everyone. I had it stuck in my head a few days ago, and I've been trying to figure out where where I heard it from. I haven't been able to figure out much. Oh, you and half the psych ward. And <laughs> I just kind of, like, let that trail off. Um, Pardon me, what? Sorry. I feel like there's a bit of a story here that I'm missing. Oh, quite. But you probably wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> but that comes with the territory. You'd be surprised some of the things that I believe. As she gestures to the books of mythology. Kind of nods and goes, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, ancient stories and all that. I work as a psychoanalyst. I'm currently here on retainer for some of the local police to talk to a man who uh, mentioned, among other things, giant bats and a name that got stuck in his head. Stuck in my head, too, while I imagine a priest I talked to knew about it as well. He's missing now. Sorry, didn't mean to unload a little on you. Do I remember anything about giant bats from my dream maybe with that sanity check it all rushes in for you minus the names of the people you were with it just kind of flashes in your mind you're being chased by giant bats Victoria just starts kind of blinking like something is clicking in her head Mm. you know I actually had a dream about being chased by giant bats a couple nights ago Right. Kept repeating and repeating, and that's where I got the name. And Gabriella, go ahead and roll a sanity check. Ah! <laughs> and she probably has, like, her notes open from the stuff that she got from the other book before it got yacked on. The skeptic wins again. You take the one sanity loss, and it all floods in for you. Just, like, you're in your car, you're driving away with two people in the back seat, and Bosco with you. Do I recognize one of the people at my seat? You do not. Okay. Oh! I wasn't driving the car. I was behind the driver. I think we might have very similar dreams. I was driving the car. Interesting. Chased by bats? Country road? Yes. I've been doing some research on similar occurrences of repeated, possibly prophetic dreams that have happened throughout history, and they tend to come before rather calamitous events. Massive shifts of power, just dis- people disappearing in this area. Right. I was thinking 
She's like shifting her notebook and like pointing to different spots in her notes so you can see. Eyes are kind of glazing over a little bit. Uh, um, mm, right. I was more so concerned over a, a different sort. It's likely that there's something at play in the collective unconscious, at least. <sighs> My name is um, Gabriella Slaughter. Could be a bit of both. Victoria McGuire. Nice to meet you. So you've heard that name. Yes. I've heard that name. Half the psych ward in Oxford has heard that name. I haven't found anything about that name. I haven't either. I'm usually pretty good about finding things. It's one of my fields of study. Also a bit of an investigative journalist. If I may interject, and you see the assistant behind you. Oh, yes. I know this might not be as interesting as ghosts and fairies and vampires and all that, but um, if I remember correctly, there's a mushroom that grows nearby called the Basidio uh, Garanger. Don't say. Might be worth looking into. What do you know about it? Not much. I just I remember my dad and I would go out and we were always told not to pick those because they mess with your head a lot. That would explain the giant bats. If possible, you be a connection. Either they cause the same mass hallucination, or... That's the star. I can go pull a book if you'd like. By all means, yes. That would be very much appreciated. Alright, so she goes in sh to find the book. Uh, it's on a different floor, all the science texts. And by this point, Deckard, you've mm -hmm. had enough time to shower and come back. Oh, he changed his outfit too. Oh. Okay. He's very dapper. <laughs> Alright. He's trimmed his beard. He looks damn good. Nice. Remind right. me again what kind of dog Bosco is. Bosco's um, a Great Dane. If I said something different before, no, I didn't. You do remember a Great Dane. There was a Great Dane sitting in the front seat and, and the, next to the driver in my dream. Was there one yours? Yes, you're kidding me. Yes, um, my dog Bosco. He had jelly on his head. It was the weirdest thing. Oh, I don't know about that. My dog's name is Bosco, and he is a Great Dane. There are things with shapeshifters, and that was, that was weird. Things I've only read about in books. Been interested to see if they are real. Well, usually when things line up like this, we call it synchronicity, and I'm going to follow it through to its logical conclusion. So... Which is, they, they might be real. Let's not go there yet. It's certainly a strange thing that we'll have to deal with. And Deckard, you walk in on this conversation. Oh, God, she's a skeptic again. Who are you? Oh, no. You smell like a distillery. No, he's showered and has new clothes. And he got a little <laughs> peppermint. Oh, okay. So he does not smell like... You boots. used to smell like a distillery. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, can I clean up? Please stay away from my books this time. What did you do? And why does... You know, I shouldn't make judgments. He came in here a couple hours ago, drunk off his arse, and vomited all over my some of my books. Oh, lovely. Do you want me to get rid of him for you? I mean, if you want to, that would certainly be entertaining. <laughs> the assistant comes back at this point. She's like, no, Mr. Lazarus, if you are... Planning to read with us? 
You are more than welcome. Dickard puts on his white gloves. Also, if anyone asks, she's with me, pointing to Gabriella. Just if you want to stay around here and look around more. That's fine. If you could do me a favor, bring me some books on vampires, please. It is library policy for you to not use us to grab books like that. <laughs> you will have to go find the books on your own. We can give you help for that. I feel like Victoria is just gonna like point uh... to, like just immediately point to the shelf. Because even if she hasn't read a lot on them, she's probably seen where they are. A vein bulges on Deckard's forehead from the intense anger. But she is pointing to the correct shelf. Deckard just puts on a (laughs) smile and just goes, Yes, my first time in a facility. I have no idea where anything is located. Yes, thank you for your smart-ass comment. And yes, thank you, young lady. I will go check that shelf right now. That is very much appreciated. At least you showed me the proper area of where to begin my search. It usually helps if you ask nicely first. You see Katie, the assistant, laughing in her book, very quietly. Also, there was no malice in how Victoria said that, just like a, by the way. Oh, no, it, that's why Decker didn't, the vein didn't get any bigger. Decker just looks back at the assistant, and he's just, I will remember this. Yes, you will, Decker. You will very much remember this. No. Don't kill her, I like her. <laughs> no, God, no. Deckard wasn't going to go that far. I was just saying he's going to prank her. Well, Deckard doesn't think he's going to go that far. I was oh, going to no. say, the last time Deckard was like, I'm not going to go that far, <laughs> we all saw, well, we didn't see what <laughs> happened. Victoria turns back to Gabrielle. So I haven't done much research on the collective unconscious. I'm curious to know your thoughts on it and how it could play into a situation like this and we can kind of like fade on that conversation yeah yeah. you fade on that conversation and Decker comes back with books on vampires and you also over there found um, some books on medieval rituals and stuff like that ooh perfect I actually want to look specifically besides medieval rituals because Deckard had a flash because he was thinking back to the dream who wants to look up books about druids? It's the mystery of the druids. <laughs> Most of the books on <laughs> druids are actually held by Victoria right now. I imagine oh. she's just got a nice little stack next to her, and like probably in a box this time with the lid on them from what she's not looking at right now. The Decker's going to remember what she said, and he's just going to say, hey, Young lady, might I ask a favor? Would you be open to sharing a few of those books for me to read. To take a second to take Deckard in and try and gauge how sober he is. But since he's he's cleaned up, he's yeah. he's asking us, so she's like, which books are you interested in? Any that you would potentially have about druids and their rituals. She will peruse the books. You have like four on those. <laughs> She'll probably, like, try and find two of, like, the heftier ones to, like, to keep him busy for a while. Here, you can take these. Just be careful with them, please. I'd like to look at them later. It's an area of interest of mine. He carefully takes the book. Yes, yes, I just... I need this for some research, research potential. If only my future assistant was here now, 
A future assistant if you hired someone or you hiring someone. Well, this is going to sound odd. I, I assure you I am no longer drunk, but... Bit of an eyebrow arch. <laughs> yeah. I had a dream. I encountered two individuals. Well, three. I remember one was... I felt they could be a close, a true friend. Their name was Bosco. <laughs> Bosco sitting next to you starts wagging his tail at the mention of his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Wait, sorry. I, Bosco's there? I didn't yeah. realize Bosco... Oh, in that case, Victoria would have been like, I had a dream about this dog. She's been petting him. If she uh, yeah, I just, I just full, like, belly laughter. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you dream you had a real friendship connection with my dog? And then Decker's just going to look at the scope. There was one with Bosco. Her name was Gabriella. Okay, this is getting too weird. And, like, a smirk and an eyebrow raise in response. And Deck is just no. <laughs> oh, did I bully you in your dreams? <laughs> I just Decker just slowly is just going to turn. <laughs> he just takes one look and goes, Bosco, you're as magnificent as I remember from the dream. <laughs> Bosco licks your face. Yeah, Bosco, it's a good yes, point. yes. I remember. <laughs> he gives him a loving hug. Oh, and then he turns slowly and looks over and goes, I imagine Victoria and Gabrielle are sharing a look. The heck? Uh, just, just, just like deep, deep chuckle. As this all comes into your minds and you start to remember, there was a Gabriella, there was a Victoria, there was a Bosco and a Deckard. Everybody roll sanity oh, checks. Oh, god dang it. That's when he turns to Victoria, and he is white in the face, and he goes, What have I done? No! Oh, god. Alright, uh, that's a failure. The skeptic did not survive this time. Yeah, not this time. Oh, no! That is a horrible failure. Woo! We're doing great. Everybody, go ahead and roll just the d4 this time. Wait, do I have to roll uh, D4 too? Because I passed. Okay, just a one. Just a one. Just, just two. Just two. Those are you failed rolled the uh, D4. Is, is that going to be minus two for me? Just a one? Yeah, that's a minus two. Oh, we're at 30, people. I'm at 36. We're doing great. It's fine. We're, we're doing amazing. Don't worry. At the end of the session, you'll be able to regain some sanity yeah. back. Don't worry. How are you so low? I'm in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Because oh. they've been surviving. Yeah. Deckard's only started with 55. Yeah, I had 50 to start. Like, I didn't have a high number to start with. Oh. How did I start up for saying that you? I have got completely mad that was. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're just cool that way. I don't know. <laughs> you're awesome. So, it all comes in, and whether you choose to accept it or not, as what it is, Gabriella, what are you thinking that all of this is? It has to be like some sort of premonition or something like but I mean there is like some inkling that it might be a supernatural explanation but it's more so like oh wow I must really be in tune with like the collective unconscious if I'm over here like predicting events that haven't happened yet or dreaming of things that haven't happened yet with people I'm about to meet 
Okay. Victoria, what is your explanation? I feel like it's like a lot of things make more sense now, especially like where the books came from, because the books being delivered confirms that those things actually happened, and now that she's in the room with these people that has happened with, she does believe that it happened. She also knows that there's something bigger going on that she doesn't understand and that she started the day over and none of it had happened and she didn't know Ainsley, but suddenly there's like two realities super imposed on that evening. And now she has even more questions. She's going to be digging even more to see if she can find more about Greenwheel. Now she's just like, I wonder where that book went. (laughs) Deckard. Oh. Deckard was a little worried. He he did a mess of slip up I had doing that bad introduction and everything at the library. He felt he lost peace, but right now, with all this remembering, and with the dream, and with what's recently happened with the with the vampire, he feels he's piecing things together and he's just moved the castle. And he's gonna to turn to Victoria and go, You must be Victoria. And I think I have us a really big lead on what all of this could be. How would you like to join me for an interview? Who are we interviewing? Yeah, that was a little unnecessarily vague. A vampire. Roll my eyes. Hell yes. Sure. <laughs> also, Victoria's immediately going to start like digging through the books to see if she can find the Greenwheel book just in case. Like, Is that one of them? Yeah, no, it's... The Greenwheel book seems to have disappeared. I wouldn't give to have my hands on that book again. And this is just when Decker turns with a very cocky, cheeky grin at <laughs> Gabriella and goes, Now, you're probably going to tell me some cockamamie excuse about share cognitive hallucination, but, young lady, I am a parapsychologist, and I will tell you right now, you cannot have a detailed shared hallucination. It's impossible. Uh... The man with the made-up job is right. <laughs> Two veins, bulge. <laughs> like every, like every, with every word is just the, the lightest hint of a smirk of just like, okay, good. This is funny to me. With Victoria's season, Decker's gonna be just take it easy, there, friend. He he is going to be calm and go. You sound just like my colleagues, but remember. I did say, psychologist, I do not just go and seek the supernatural with the mindset that everything is real. I do go and seek the idea to debunk, to disprove. That is the mark of a great parapsychologist and para-investigator. So, I am not just a kooky, crazy man who believes everything. I believe what I see, and I will tell you now, I have seen a vampire in the flesh. What kind of vampires are we talking about here? Well, if if that's real, that is frankly terrifying. I will tell you the most alarming part for me now is that one of the first legends I have been grown to know was wrong. She came into my domicile, into my home, uninvited, just freely in through the door. That's not good. Would I know anything about different about vampires from different traditions, maybe? You can roll an occult, or you can roll a history check for me. Whatever type of success you get will determine what you know. Hard success. Hard success, okay. Very nice. 
Because I feel like she is at least, she spent a amount of time looking into them. Yeah, I mean, they're interesting to you. I mean, nice spooky stories for kids around Halloween. But uh, what you know about them is pretty baseline. It's stake through the heart, kills them. Uh, they suck blood. They can transform into bats. The name Dracula comes to mind. Obsessed with counting things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all kind of baseline stuff for you. The only thing that's a little different is that the story of Dracula, you know, is rumors that are based around a very specific individual in history. I believe it was like Ivan the Terrible. Ah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. She wouldn't know if there's any cultures that have traditions of vampires that don't have the can't cross the threshold without permission. This being an occult role, you know that things do get kind of muddled when the, to use um, Gabriella's terms, oh. collective unconscious gets a hold of them. Sometimes they do get muddled, and in your field of study, you find that there's oftentimes mistranslations, or there is retellings that have lost deeper meanings or deeper an understanding as generations go on. Retellings have glorified this, skimped on that. What is real is usually hidden behind the veil. Well, this wouldn't be the first time that part of a legend was twisted or lost due to translations or retellings or people putting different emphasis on different things. It happens a lot, and especially in stories like these when they're Tales are used to keep children from misbehaving. Yes, but this is actually where I'm finding the pieces of the puzzle now because we've all had this dream about a group, a home, but then creatures chasing us, bat creatures, a druid cult. I'm going to reveal to you the one who sent me here this library is in fact a vampire and she is the one who has set up my interview to be able to speak with another of her kind what does she get out of it she tells me my research what I learn that is her benefit I was entirely sure I would trust a vampire they live forever they have their own game I have no idea what she could be after you hear Katie at the desk. So you mean to tell me that you're working for a vampire? That's a really terrible thing to call your boss. The figure of speech. I don't work for... It's fine. T take us to your spooky leader. I will tell you now. And Deckard, as you're starting to talk, you feel... You feel yourself go numb. <clears throat> oh. And... You feel your throat start to clench up again. Very familiar to how it was there. To you guys, it looks like him being an old man. <laughs> <laughs> That's spooky. Deckard stops and he's just well played. <laughs> well played, vampire. Who can affect me from anywhere in the world? I wonder if I can fight her in combat. Oh no, Deckard doesn't think that. He immediately thinks, she's near. 
Oh. Or one of her kind is near. Yeah. This is very smart. Of course, keep ties on him. Why would you trust me? <laughs> You're a human. Humans do dumb stuff. Decker, he just, he lightly just rubs his throat and does a pantomime for like a, a writing instrument. Pass him a pen. And he looks for like a blank piece of paper and he's just and he just writes down I can't speak here. As you're starting to write, your hand starts to cramp Ooh. heavily. Ooh. Spooky. To oh. you too, it looks like arthritis. <laughs> oh man. This guy's this guy's body's really giving out on him. You alright there? I mean you want to take it easy. This is when Deckard is just like it's very very well played. Well played. <laughs> Made a deal with the vampire. You think you can talk about that? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Decker just goes to his studies. Oh, there we go. He, he sits and he does what they want. He oh. shuts up. Oh, that's so scary. You find that your throat opens up again and your hand stops cramping just very suddenly. Deckard pulls out his little notebook that's in front of his heart. He's not writing for them to see. This is just for him privately. He has half the book prepared for everyone that he's making a solemn promise to. The other half of the book are his listed suspicious individuals. There is only one other person in this fucking library. No, there's like a lot of students in the general area. You're in special collections right now. Okay, okay, so you leave just... Katie alone. Katie's secretly Mochigaroff or whatever. Because Deckard has already made the most important mental note, and that is one of the most important facts is that Bram Stoker's Dracula made, made a very big lie about vampires popular, and that is that vampires die in the sun. Oh. That is not true at all. The actual legends of vampires, they just get a little weak. Oh, they get a little sick. Yeah, they yeah. do not they do not die in the sun. So besides Victoria and Gabriella and Bosco, <laughs> everyone in this room is a suspect. Do you leave Katie alone? Well, let me just erase the part of my character sheet that says vampire. <laughs> <laughs> just smudge it out. I mean, none of you actually know if the other isn't a vampire. That's true. And it would be really interesting. I would think, as a DM, <laughs> to have a party that one of you might be one. Bosco, not you. I like that. Not you, <laughs> like Bosco. That. Don't you put that not on you, him. Man. Don't you put that on him. He is perfect. <laughs> Bosco's perfect in every single yeah, way. Yeah, Bosco's but... never done anything wrong, ever. And Katie goes ahead and stands up. Well, the library is going to be closing soon. Victoria, I'm sure that I can trust you in here. I'm sure that you and your friends will be able to find your ways out. I'll take care of it, thank you. She tosses you the key. Deckard actually wants to run up to Kate. Tucks it in her pocket. Young lady. She kind of like timidly is just like, uh... I do apologize for my past mannerisms. That was very rude of me. But I wanted to ask if it would not be too much trouble. Do you happen to remember the one who represented my benefactor? No, not really. I got a letter. Oh, like I said, I apologize. I just wanted to find out if you would know that. Yeah. Man came in, handed me a letter, walked out. 
now. Just two last things and I promise I will leave you alone. Would you remember the man that dropped it off? Yeah, he had um, long flowing blonde hair and a very proper accent. Katie's been removed from the list. <laughs> so, continuing on. So, in the last thing he goes, Now, this will potentially be asking too much. Would you still have the letter? The letter would be with the librarians in their office. Oh, no, no, no. That is enough. Thank you, Katie. I apologize for taking your time when you were trying to leave. You're fine. Ah, have a nice day. You do the same. Okay. And she goes ahead and she leaves out the door. And you guys are free to continue to study. It's getting a little bit late. It's time as, as you guys have been studying and, and talking. It's gotten later into the night. It's around like 8 o'clock. Sun is set outside. Sorry after there. Decker's just looking around the room. How packed is it? How many people are in the room with us? The library is closed right now. People have already left. He trusts these two in Bosco. <laughs> so... <laughs> and as he's about to speak, you hear a scream. That doesn't sound good, does it? Was it coming from where Katie just left? Yes. Victoria's gonna reach down, grab the knife out of her boot, and start running. Whoa, alright. Dragon reaches into his jacket and pulls out his gun and follows right behind her. I'm not gonna pull out any weapons because what the hell? This is a library. <laughs> Deckard comes armed everywhere. Victoria just yeah. it's a habit and she like in her mind it's like could be someone's trying to mug her friend. No, no, no. I fully like, understand. No. It's just really funny to me that you both immediately took out uh, weapons. This really cemented in his idea that Katie was innocent. That he's just like, oh, son of a bitch. She revealed too much. This is my fault. She didn't reveal anything. She told us about she, she came to work today. Like, she didn't reveal shit. Well, I'm gonna be honest. Maybe she wasn't supposed to tell me what the guy looked oh, like. Oh, maybe so. Maybe so. That's why Deckard's kind of like, oh, God, did I get her killed? Fuck. Yes, because that was such helpful information to narrow down literally anything. There we go. Well, Victoria, as you run towards where Katie left, you get to the door and you see Katie on the ground, her hands reaching up to the door to um, push it open. And you see this slash mark Ah. on her back and blood dribbling out. You start to hear a growling behind you. Growling? The lights are all out, but you see these red eyes snark, and out of the shadows comes a creature that looks like a dog with this dark, purplish skin, and what you think to be mushrooms growing out of it, and that's where we're going to end. You have been listening to Beyond the Crumbling Veil, a Call of Cthulhu 7e actual play podcast by Styx Helix Productions, part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network changing reality one story at a time. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Podchaser or wherever you're listening, because it helps people find us and we appreciate it so much. Beyond the Crumbling Veil is DM'd by John Foman of Sticks Helix Productions. Deckard Lazarus is played by Brian from Dungeons and Pop. 
Gabriella Slaughter is played by Ian, who you can find in actual plays near you, and is at Ian Caliente on Twitter. And Victoria McGuire is played by Brianna Jean, who you can find at Brianna Jeans on Twitter. Uh, we were actually, uh, me and my friend here. It points to a cat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, your friend's with a cat. Yes, he's, he's one of those uh, Dreamlands cats. So, uh, he's more than a cat. Yes, and he is very lucky to consider myself his friend. What did he say? He said that I was lucky to consider myself his friend. Oh, okay. I, I do feel that way. Okay. Uh, I don't have too many friends. You really aren't that bright, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's me, Adam, the DM over at Microphones and Monsters. You just got done listening to a short clip from our show. Microphones and Monsters is a Cthulhu Mythos 5th edition actual play podcast. We ask you to join us every week, Monday and Friday. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find all of our links at microphonesandmonsters.com.